0: Welcome to the American Rugby Show. This is a special in-person edition. Absolutely chuffed to announce. We have a very special guest. We talked about the fact that we were going to be doing the Guiltini season sign-offs as we didn't have much Guiltini representation on the pod this season. And we're blessed with an absolute treat. We have none other than Adam Ash starting number eight for the LA Guiltinis, former Scotland international. And as always, the whole band is here. We have the USA Hall of Famer and Most Capped Eagle in history. Todd Clever and former USMLR Coach of the Year Rob Hoadley. Everyone, welcome to the show. And now a word from our sponsor. Bet online the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbooks experts. None other than Adam Ash of the LA Guiltinis, a.k.a. DJ Big Sexy. Uh, Welcome to the pod, mate. It's absolutely delightful to have you on.
1: Oh, Thank you. Glad to be here with you lads and and looking forward to it. Uh,
0: Absolutely. And then, um, you know, obviously didn't get to to finish the season how you you would have wanted, obviously, playing. But, you know, in in first words, what do you make of your first season here?
1: Oh, it's been amazing. I think, obviously... Coming out here to a new team and, and not really knowing what was going on at the start and sort of being in the dark with a lot of things, there was a lot of risk that came into play. But, um, you know, it couldn't have played out better. I think the the backroom staff, the buy-in from the players, the, the vision from the coaches and the owner have uh, yeah, we've all added up and, and here we are, end of the season, we've managed to, to get the job done.
0: Uh, how good, mate. It was an absolute honour to actually uh, get to work with you and get to know you better and obviously coach at UCLA as well but, mate, I think um, I'm going to open it up to some of these guys as well because I feel like they'll be buzzing to ask you some questions. Uh, well, I mean, who was the, the biggest
2: influence uh, on your time out here? I mean, some great players, some great coaches or uh, Corbs is putting his hand up behind you there, <laughs> yeah. or uh, was it uh, was it right at the last
1: minute? Was it Steve Ioki that had the biggest right. influence? It might have been actually, to be honest with you. I never thought I'd have been playing a gig in front of eight thousand people at the MLR final, but um, <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's hard to say. I think there's been uh, so many kind of influential people within this group. You know, when you look at someone like Dave Dennis, like you know, he's thirty six, thirty seven years old, whatever he is, and some of the things that he's achieved in his group and, and, and his career, and obviously, you know, for me, who's you know, I look up to him as somebody who I kind of inspire to, and, and potentially, you know, further down the line in my own career, would love to sort of fill the role that he's filled in this, this team over the last year. So he's been brilliant. Um, you know, I didn't think I'd ever work with a coach like Darren Coleman um, in, in my career. He's <laughs> he's been he's been amazing. Just the the way that he sort of gets buy-in from the the players and. Creates that, that really sort of amazing culture. Um, I've I've never seen anything like that, and someone who's been able to achieve that in such a, a short time. So, with uh, yeah, there, there's been a lot of influential people, um, a lot of people that have won, mm. and I think that's really um, impacted this squad throughout this year. Um, so yeah, it's it's just been a wild ride. It's mm. been a roller coaster, but thankfully we've uh, as I say we've, we've managed to get the job done in the end, and it's it's been it's been a great ride.
3: So rewind a little bit. Talk to us about uh, who contacted you to come out to MLR, to L.A., and talk us through that steps, because I know a lot of players and a lot of people that tune in, they've been uh, sending direct messages to the club, to myself, to these guys, and being like, hey, I want to get in on this Gilly, you know, Guiltinis sort of thing. So talk to us, and everybody has a different path. So, I mean, what was your path uh, from from leaving home to putting your first boots on and running out for the Guiltinis? Yeah. Um, So I was kind of fortunate because
1: six months before I came here, I actually changed agents and he was an Australian agent and he he knew Darren Coleman. So that's how I actually came to kind of coming across here and and initially coming into contact with DC. Um, We had a few conversations on the phone. Um, He was sort of interested to get me over here, but there was a whole lot of kind of complications with uh, the guillotine, having to wait on certain things. So... There was a period of about four or five months and and as well I'd got a shoulder op so he wanted to wait to make sure that I was going to be fit by the time I got back from that. So everything was up in the air. Um, And then finally things sort of came into fruition. We got it across the line. Um, And I think we had two or three Zoom calls with the, the squad and the coaches. And then before we knew it, we were actually myself and there was three or four other boys who were flying out from the UK and there was two or three from Ireland as well. We were on our way to Bermuda to, uh, to do our visa processing out there because London was backed up. We couldn't get an appointment there until like now was the appointment it was late in August. So we headed out there. Uh, we spent two weeks there. We'd done some training. We we had some team bonding. We, we shared some good times. <laughs> and then uh, we got out here and literally were here for a few days and then we flew off to, to Hawaii. And that's kind of where officially pre-season kicked off. And you know, it was fantastic to be out there because I think a lot of A lot of the teams had some complications early on with with COVID, but we managed to get some good training done out there. Um, And it flew by, I think it was three weeks I spent out there. Corb's managed to get out for a week, which was good. That was the first time I met him. And uh, yeah, we got back here. and, And I think, you know, throughout that whole period, there was still a bit of, there was a lot of uncertainty within the group because nobody knew really where we were going to be living, you know, what was going to be happening, where we were going to be based, like... Um, so it it was still quite unsure at that time but once we got here in LA we got settled I think everybody was kind of was like a sigh of relief and then we just got game started and we were into it and that was it It's interesting Adam
2: we were talking before
1: but you know coming into it it is
2: a risk for some people coming from abroad and they don't really know what they're walking into I mean you literally didn't know you're going Bermuda, Hawaii, LA I'm not quite sure where I'm living Um, to this point now where you know when you talk about this group you can see your eyes light up your face lights up and it means so much to you mm-hmm. um and it's just interesting walking into the building you can actually feel the emotion of the place mm-hmm. you can see the photo the, the huge pictures up the videos of the celebrations um it obviously means so much to you were there moments along the way uh whether it be training sessions or pre-season a night out where it was like this is something different and this is something special to me
1: yeah i think so there was definitely moments like i've I kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, but culturally within the squad, there were certain things that DC did this year that I've not seen been done before in a team environment. And I think I've been fortunate enough to work under some fantastic coaches, world-class coaches, um, but DC has a slightly different way about them. Um, I don't know how many tears were shed in that room to the left there throughout the season. DC has a running joke with the boys that there's a bit of dust in the corner. That's why he always tears (laughs) up. But, you know, he he sort of had a few exercises that we did throughout the season where things along the lines where boys would sort of share about some of the hardships they'd faced, their journey in life and rugby, um, a bit about their family. And I really think that that played a massive part of bringing the team together. You know, when you know somebody's hardships you know what they've been through I think when it comes to the crucial moments in games it's things like that that really make the difference and I feel like that really played out in the last two games so there was definitely that Um, I've never yeah I guess like man I've not played with that many Australians before but they're a crazy bunch so there's certainly (laughs) like times throughout the year where I was just like holy shit this is good fun like these guys (laughs) like to enjoy time off the field together so there there was certainly moments uh throughout the year that were that were pretty special and, uh, and I think collectively in the group those those moments really brought us together.
2: Yeah and you could obviously you can see it in the performance and I think from the outside a lot of people gonna look and say potentially it's the place with the most money the biggest stars but there was something much deeper in how you put this run together mm-hmm. uh, and it's, it's you know it's a real credit to you guys.
0: Adam, uh, you know, getting to know you this season w- 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 was amazing. I think, you know, on the field, obviously the experience you brought to the group, uh, the value you added. But also just off the field as well, I thought the way that, you know, we touched on Dave Dennis contribute to the culture, but I don't think you're doing yourself justice as well as yourself, uh, Angus Cottrell, a lot of guys, big drivers in that environment. You know, when you first took this opportunity, did you see yourself almost taking sort of a a leadership role? Did you realize, you know, maybe the gap between what you've experienced uh, at the beginning and what some guys hadn't? Because I I feel as someone who's, you know, not... here 24-7 but played a decent part here I think you're a big driver in that professionalism and standards and everything off the field uh, as well as on the field and, and I just wonder when you first turn up did you quite know exactly what you were getting in for or expect some of that? Um, good question I think like when when I finished up at Glasgow I think I was
1: ready to take that next step in my career I, I grew up obviously played in the academy at Glasgow came right through the club and that was all I'd kind of known you know and I'd, I'd kind of grown in from a boy to a man, I guess you could say. So I think that was part of my my decision to move was that I was sort of looking for that next step, that next stage in my career where I could really help really drive something and I think with the whole sort of uh, sort of brand story you know v- vision from this club here, starting from nothing and wanting to really achieve greatness, that was something that really spoke to me. Um, and sort of, yeah, when I turned up, you know, I was, I was probably the most excited I've been in my career to just get somewhere and get started. You know, there'd been so much talk. There'd been so much build up. We finally got here. And and I think one of the other things that helped collectively, this is probably, I'm, I'm speaking for myself here as well. But because this was such a, a fresh slate, there was just like, there was there was nothing from the past that MD could relate to for this club and, and sort of like where we'd been or gone so everybody just, the buy-in was incredible, man. Everybody was here. Everybody just wanted to to go to the next level to win. And everybody turned up here on a Monday and it was just like, it's time to focus. It's, it's time to learn the lessons that we learned from the weekend and move on. So for me, I feel like part of me was ready for that. But at the same time, just being in this environment and when everything was so new, it just sort of came naturally, if you know what I mean? It was just something that, that sort of happened
0: in this. And then I guess, you know, this club and obviously like there's no secrets, you know, Gilly and, and Gilchrist with his business mind, his savviness, obviously there's Gilly's Lager, which shout out to Gilly's, uh, a big, a big friend of the pod here, um, you know, very crushable, lovely American <laughs> Lager, <laughs> you know, just get it in there organically as they say. Um, but I, I feel like that this is a club that suits you perfectly for that because yourself as well uh, with Pure Sports CBD, the, the plans, you, you talk a little bit about that you know in year one you're an actual official club sponsor like yeah. you know I feel like you you brought like as well as the, the rugby side you fit the mold here for the off the field and the vision of this club as yeah. well.
1: Yeah I I am a little bit of a kind of outside the box thinker a little bit maybe uh, I don't, Maverick's not the right word but like a little bit rogue I'm, yeah. not, I'm probably not doing <laughs> things like normally uh, but yeah I mean we myself and my business partner we started that up back in 2018 and um the whole vision for it was that we wanted to sort of provide an alternative for pain medicines in sport um you know we had sort of been through the ringer with you know using painkillers anti inflammatories and that type of thing and had sort of stumbled across cbd and had had noticed it had sort of quite profound effects on things like sleep uh inflammation pain recovery from injuries so we started the company um with the vision that we wanted to make our products the safest in the world so um, we've sort of did that, and you know, I'm still sort of I'm still playing professional rugby. So I've got a bunch of guys back in the UK who are working their, their asses off to to push things and grow things. Or they're doing a fantastic job, but you know, I'm I'm always looking for uh, opportunities. You know, I think there's massive power in connecting with people and and sort of having having conversations, getting to know people. And I think a lot of good things that have happened in my career have come out of that. So I'm a big believer in uh, in sort of trying to to be as good as you can off the field as as you put into on the field
0: no I I think mate it's a trailblazer like you know there's this newest generation of players are starting to sort of turn these businesses while playing into life after rugby but life after rugby is so important Mm. like especially you know and the example you set for internationals coming here Mm. but also young players coming through the MLR because let's be honest this isn't the same financial market as Europe and, and to commit here and everything it comes at a financial sacrifice to maybe playing elsewhere so having that vision to be able to, 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 you know, to think about life after rugby and, and partner, you know, business with this experience to make mm-hmm. things amazing. Uh, to me, you know, I, I go back to it, but that's what I, I love about you. And I love that you know, it fits the club as well, because it fits the whole sort of gilly mantra. here.
1: Yeah, 100 percent. And one, one of the things that I spoke to Adam Fryer about in the phone you know, before signing here was obviously I, I had the company, and uh, one of the things back home that I'd struggled with was not being able to, to represent the company because I'd been contracted um, by Glasgow, and that was a bit of a stumbling block. So, you know, the first thing that he said to me was, you know, we're going to support you all the way. We're we're big believer in players doing things outside of, of rugby, and and you know what? It's just funny how it worked out because we ended up being an official sponsor of the team, and when we were in the SoFi Stadium that day and seen the the Pure Sports CBD logo coming up around the stadium was just phenomenal. Um, and again, like I think for me, the, the big thing that spoke to me about coming and taking this opportunity was the fact that we were going to be in LA and there was going to be opportunity. You know, people, you know, the old cliche thing where people come here and, you know, they, they, they try and make it or the American dream or whatever. You know, I think uh, that was sort of in the back of my mind. And, and I just wanted to, I guess, try and make the most of the opportunity by meeting people Um, you know and and seeing what happened and you know who knows what will happen in the future but I I plan on playing rugby for
3: a good while yet
1: (laughs) and we'll see what happens after
3: that's awesome (laughs) I mean that's so inspirational and and for everybody watching uh, you got to take a you know page out of his book uh, because you know it's not, it's after rugby, you want to retire to something. You don't want to retire from rugby and then find yourself because it's, it's too much work. So it's, it's always good to have, you know, one, two years beforehand or, or studying. I know a lot of clubs around the world, you know, focus on that. And there's probably too many that don't, that, that demand too much. So I think mentally you have that, have that
0: right. Appreciate it. That's it. it. And then Adam, if you're going to you know, reflect on your journey and say there's other players in, in the UK that are maybe on the fence wondering if mm-hmm. it's worth it, is it for them? Like, you know, how would you describe maybe your experience and then who would you des- how would you describe like who you would recommend it to or, or sort of what players or what they should be you know, willing to embrace to actually you know, be suited to come out here in the MLR? Um,
1: you know, I think obviously players that are maybe moving towards the end of their career because there's probably is that slight drop-down in intensity when it comes to the actual games and competition. But, you know, I think anybody who's kind of open-minded and, and is, is willing to, to look for an opportunity. You know, I think, for me, there, there could be it could be someone of any age. You know, there's guys that message me that I played with at Glasgow who are 21, 22, 23 years old, who are playing sort of regularly for the team that I was playing at Glasgow that are still interested in coming out here because you know I think obviously rugby is a great game and it's an amazing career but there's a a great lifestyle that you can really have and enjoy out here as well which is a massive part of it so I wouldn't say that there's a, a particular type of player that would potentially be attracted to this but you know, maybe maybe someone who's opportunistic,
0: you know? yeah, a maverick. Oh, yeah, <laughs> ah, you know. It doesn't mind half half as long a season. <laughs> as yeah, well. exactly, you know, as well.
1: That's a big part of it as yeah. well. You know, like when you can rest up for yeah. five or six months in the off season, that was something that definitely spoke to me. Um, you know, I sort of my last year at Glasgow had struggled with a shoulder injury, and then. No, obviously, I kind of was feeling almost that way where you're kind of a little bit fed up and sometimes that little change or change of environment can really bring that spark back into your career. And for me, it definitely did come in here.
2: And if you are trying to sell it to people back home, uh, a quite a good sales pitch might be, uh, if you could take us through the last week of the season and <laughs> build up... The build up to the final and then perhaps crucially the week after the final as yeah, well. I, I know you're disappointed, that. you know, with your, your bicep injury, but can you just talk to us a bit about the prep for the final, yeah. um, your role on the day, which was a big role in the victory, I think, and
1: then the week after. <laughs> True. Yeah, that was an unbelievable week. Uh, you know, things I think the last two or three weeks in terms of being in here, the intensity stepped up. It was crazy. Um as I sort of said before, there's, there's been a lot of winners from previous competitions and, and, and leagues that were in this team. And I think those guys really knew what it was going to take to, to step up and, and go the, the full length. So, yeah, I mean, I was in here a fair bit and sort of trying to input as much as I could into opposition analysis and team meetings and that type of thing. Um, but on the day of the actual final, um, or on the week of the final, Adam Fryer, the GM, called me actually up at UCLA training and I was like, oh, better answer it, it's And then he's like, oh, big sexy, how are you doing? And I was like, oh, good, good, just up at UCLA. He's like, oh, I've got something for you. Uh, how do you fancy DJing at the halftime show at the, the MLR final? And I was like, what? Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'll do that. And he's like, I've only got one thing that I want you to do. You need to do this. He's like, you need to put your rugby kit on, put your boots on, put your scrum cap on and also your gum shield and you need to DJ in the middle of the field for all the fans. I was like, look, I'll do it, I'm in, let's do it. And anyway, so it came to it, I mean, we got to the halftime show and I didn't actually put on the the rugby (laughs) kit. I was actually planning on taking, because I had, you know, the tops that you throw into the the stand. I I had one of those on and I said to Hass, look, can I wear this? Because, if I put the rugby kit on, it'll be too tight and I won't be able to take it off and throw it into the crowd. <laughs> and he <we> bought <bore> it. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I, I was actually going uh, to do it, but I got too involved. Oh, uh, you, there that you were following Fat
2: Man scoops, Ben. Exactly.
1: <laughs> <off>. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was just, it was unbelievable. Like I, I never thought that that was going to happen. And I think it speaks to, I guess, like this, what I was saying about the opportunity and who knows yeah. what can happen you know, DJing with Fat Man Scoop and, you know, halfway along that week after Hass had told me that I was going to be DJing at halftime, Glenn Bryce, was also playing here, he wasn't playing in the game me and him have actually done a few double acts before because yeah. he likes MC. And so I phoned Hass and I said "Hass, look would you mind if MC Bryce got on the mic and he went crazy he went so crazy that Fat Man Scoop actually didn't say much he sort of took a backward step and said look you boys are killing it you go for it so <laughs> is like, this
2: a real rugby conversation <laughs> no this is That's true so, so, but did, did you did, did you, you have
3: these sort of conversations at Glasgow or? no like, and, and before, <laughs> Steve Aoki Fat Man Scoop <laughs> well Steve Aoki's tweet about you was amazing oh I, I, mean, no, I can say believe that. you know how good, how good that uh, the, the beginning intro in yeah. the halftime so he wish he was out there that was quite cool it was Steady, bizarre seeing <laughs> that like,
1: and I didn't expect that to happen because like I thought I was just doing halftime and then his like manager guy came up to me and said oh would you mind just like opening up for him Would you hop on to the big stage and like, play some music and get the crowd over and stuff I like, oh, look, let's go for it yeah so and then when man when the boys the second half was intense because I feel, I feel like I'd got my performance done and then I was watching, like, rigorously watching the game. And then when the boys got the job done, it was just crazy. It was just so fun, man. Yeah. The of room after the game was something else.
0: It, it, it really was a special environment. I think the ability we had, to, it's just like it was so surreal like you win the trophy you do the lift it was so american with the confetti mm. the shield and then i just ran in the mix and like moshing to aoki for a bit then you're back in the changing room with all the guys i thought the ski goggles and everything that everyone saw was was absolute genius but then just the vibe like, i didn't want to leave the changing room yeah. like, you, you didn't want it to be over like it was one of those things where you're like you know families are there gilly's there swooping gits are doing like more of their send-off and you know you could see the emotion and it was just such a good way to like finish off uh, a season and and it just goes to show what I think what was created here of such a special environment, like that love and attitude sort of mantra of you know that, that we love each other, we built these relationships, but also the attitude and the drive to set yeah. standards to work hard sort of came to like full fruition with the win and then just that enjoyment and time, especially with families. It's like we had a great time in Vegas and I'll let him get on to Vegas, I'm sure. But just the, the ability to have families, to have everything you don't see that that often in, in, in sport where you've got a yeah. change room environment like that, especially not in year one. And and, and that's one of the things like I love about the guillotinis in this environment, and you talk about Bryce and, and him being himself. You being yourself is, you know, I've said this before, but I do think Darren Coleman, everyone here, create the environment where. It was okay to be yourself. Yeah. Like, because there was no culture from before or preconceptions, like, what a way to set a culture where everyone can be their self. Like, in, in my rugby career, I always, you know, struggled to really be myself. I'm a little bit eccentric, different, you know, obviously had the American side to me growing up as well. So, in the English traditional model in rugby, didn't always quite fit in. Where here, you just, I love it. You get to be yourself, embrace yourself. Like, you know, you and Bryce are doing a thing. We have so much personalities. It's so, different than the traditional stuffy norm of rugby that I just, I love it.
1: Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. I remember being in the changing room after the game and just like, we were obviously, we had to put our suits on at some point to leave and go to the, <laughs> the aftermatch function, but I just didn't want to put my suit on. Yeah. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to get changed out of my champagne soaked t-shirt yeah, and shorts. And yeah. yeah, it was special. I, I've never been in a situation like that where all the families are in the changing room. All the players are there. You know, you walk in the door, there was a massive bucket of champagne for spraying and then a nice bucket of champagne for drinking. <laughs> you know, like, it was just it was such a it was such a nice touch and yeah. I, I think massive credit has to go to, to Darren Coleman for, for what he's built. And and obviously to have some of the experience like uh, you know, swoop gets and deno guys like that who have who've done a lot in rugby really, really helped the culture. It was just awesome.
0: Oh, mate, I completely agree. I think that's a good place uh, to wrap it up, mate. We really appreciate you coming on the pod uh, and obviously that the legend that you are and one way I live, obviously big fan of uh, everything you do on and off the field. And I always see you supporting the show, following, liking as well. So I appreciate that a lot as well. Just give a quick shout out again for Pure Sport, where they can check it out, what you guys have on offer as well. So, Pure
1: Sport, you can see us on Instagram at Pure Sport CBD. We've got lots of interesting stuff happening on there, from all cool videos to s- stuff that you can learn about the products. And if you want to go on the website and buy anything, it's PuresportCBD.com. Get stuck
0: in. There we go. That's exactly what it is. Pro. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> so pro. No, I'm sure everyone will be in full agreement with me, but Adam, thanks for coming on the pod. Our first guest. and guess. No <laughs> Love, Love it. it. Love, Love
1: it. it. Glad to be here. It's been good fun.
0: And that's a wrap hi everyone thank you as always for supporting us adam thank you again pleasure for coming on and the guys first in-person guest means a lot and such a great guest a reminder to everyone watching or listening on apple Podcasts and spotify is where you can listen youtube or the rugby network you can watch us and just thank you again keep following all our social content on instagram it's at the american rugby show on twitter at the am rugby show we'll keep pumping out content keep producing interviews the wheels will not stop we're going to take a break at some point but the Instagram will keep churning. So, thanks again for everyone for tuning us in. Keep favoriting, liking, sharing, subscribing, telling your friends and family about it. We appreciate it, and we'll see you again soon. Lastly, a big thank you for this week's show, which was brought to you by Bet Online.